So good to be here in Green Bay. Who's excited to be in church today? Anyone here just a little bit? That's cool. And uh, so good to be here. And yeah, we love Troy, love Trisha, their family. It's pretty cool to go on a journey with people over 20 years and uh, just to see the way God uh, kind of takes us on this journey, this adventure of serving Him. So I'm absolutely honored to be here and to be speaking to you today. And uh, greetings from my family and from our church uh, in Hillsong Church in South Africa. As Troy said, uh, we moved over there uh, just around eight years ago and launched church in Cape Town, South Africa. And uh, what a journey, what a ride it's been for us. Uh, We started right downtown uh, in Cape Town and we were in a convention center downtown and couldn't get that every week. And so after uh, trying uh, to, you know, find other facilities on occasion because it got hired out, I mean, we had church in all kinds of places. We had church in, uh, in a town hall where Nelson Mandela did his first speech when he came out of prison. Pretty cool, pretty historic place. Uh, then we had church one time. We couldn't find anywhere to have church, so we had it in a theme park. How, how many know church in a theme park is the coolest church service ever? I mean, we just, uh, we had church in the morning, and then we went on rides all day. Uh, It was awesome. Uh, And then about two years into our journey of building church, we moved into what was previously the largest nightclub in South Africa. And uh, yeah, we had church there the first Sunday. I said, anyone been in this building before? (laughs) There was a few hands that went up. Uh, And we have five services in there now, and it seats around 1,500 or so in there. And we also have uh, multiple campuses. We have six campuses now across South Africa. And it's pretty cool because we were able last year uh, to purchase the nightclub. And uh, I like that because there's some places when they're, where they're turning churches into nightclubs, but it's good that we're getting one back. <laughs> so cool. But, but here's the thing. We obviously borrowed money to, uh, to, to buy this building. And so, you know, when I'm hearing that you guys are a debt-free church, um, you know, whoever it was who gave, I know Troy doesn't know who you are, but I would really like to know. Uh, who you are. So it can be our secret. You can just come up to me after the service. I won't tell Troy, promise. Uh, But uh, yeah, to hear the story of where you guys are at and the exciting next phase of where you're going in order to utilize the beautiful facilities that you have here to really reach out and impact the community. Man, what an amazing uh, opportunity you have to be part of that because we absolutely, like Troy said, we believe in the power of the church to truly bring hope and help and be the difference uh, in every society that we're called to be. So uh, my message today is called Real Love. And you can see an image here on the screen. That is my boy, uh, Zach, who is traveling with me. He is right now probably out the back and, and being real spiritual, uh, listening to uh, the Rugby World Cup because Australia are playing Scotland. All right, so we're going to the Packers game and we're excited. We went to Lambeau Field. We're excited to go to the Packers game. But right now, I would appreciate it if you would just offer up a little prayer for the Aussies as we take on Scotland. This is, this is a real World Cup. Sorry, before I get to my message, I just think it's important that we clarify this, Troy. Because a real world, world Cup is where 
a, a nation plays against another nation. It's a little different than, say, uh, when Green Bay plays Denver and becomes world champions. Um, I'm sorry to break it to you, uh, but there are other nations playing in a World Cup. And uh, anyway, so, uh, so please pray for, pray, pray for us, other, uh, us Aussies in the other World Cup. Um, anyway, so my message is called Real Love. And uh, you can see on the screen there, uh, and maybe it conjures up thoughts for you about what you love. I know there's a lot of people here who have a love for the Packers. Uh, my, my deepest love on that picture, that image there, is obviously for my son. And uh, his name's Zachariah. I have two girls uh, and then my boy. Abigail is my oldest daughter, and her name means uh, Father's Joy, and she is. And then my middle daughter, Isabella, Isabella Rose. Isabella means she is beautiful uh, and, and strong uh, in the case of my middle daughter. Uh, if you meet her, she's a world changer. And if you meet her, she will tell you what part you will play in how she will change the world. Uh, yeah. And, and, uh, and she gave me a list of everything I have to buy for her while I'm here. And they were ba mainly breakfast cereals. Seriously, pictures of different Captain Crunches that I'm supposed to bring back. <laughs> yeah. And, and then my son, Zachariah. And Zachariah means God remembered. And we named him that because God remembered I needed a boy. Amen. <laughs> and so that's my little man. And we're on our little adventure uh, here and, and loving it. And then my wife, her name's Lucinda, which means shining light. She lights up my life. Yeah. And then my name is Philip, or Phil, which means lover of horses. <laughs> I don't even like horses. Anyway, that's my story. That's my family. Today we're talking about real love. And, and I want us to, to really maybe take a, take a look at this concept of love in a way that maybe we haven't thought about it before. Because we use this word love so often that it can actually lose its power. Uh, you know, we, we can love, uh, you know, our wife or love our kids, but then we can also love that dessert that we ate or, you know, love that car or love. We can, we can use love so often that the power of it uh, is diminished. It's interesting that Jesus talks about love. And in fact, uh, Jesus only gave one commandment. And we're going to read about that in, in John chapter 13, verse 34, because this commandment actually speaks about love. Uh, let's put it up on the screen there. John 13, 34, it says this, Jesus speaking, he says, a new commandment I give to you. Let's just stop there for a moment. In the Old Testament, there were 10 commandments that God gave to Moses. Now, maybe it was that Jesus just thought no one could remember all 10. So let me just give you one. People, because if you can get this one right, then that actually is a game changer. Changes everything. So he goes on, one commandment, that's all I'm giving you. I give you uh, that, and here it is, that you love one another. Not just love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So here Jesus is, uh, is laying it out. And I think, you know, if Jesus gives a commandment and it's only one, that it's something we should pay attention to. And in this instance, his one commandment is that we would learn to love each other, but not just 
maybe the way we see love in our world, but the way He loves us. Because what I want us to talk about for a few moments is that the kind of love that I believe God uh, provides or gives to us and the way He wants us to love is different from the way of this world. Uh, before we go there, let's just have a look at uh, one of the guys uh, who was there when Jesus made this statement. His name is John, uh, one of the disciples, one of the followers of Jesus. He would have heard this statement and thought, how do I do this? And we see some insight into his thought process on this new commandment uh, where he writes in 1 John 4 verse 7, here it is, Dear friends, this is John who heard Jesus make this statement, thinking about how to do it. Dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. That's interesting. Where does it come? Where does love come from? It comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. So John here is beginning to understand that there is something deeper to knowing how to live out this kind of love and to experience it. Let's just backtrack and consider how this world loves. And it's a love that we we live within and often experience our, ourselves. And you can maybe agree with me in regard to this. The first thing we see about the way our world shows love is it's conditional. What do I mean by conditional love? Well, conditional love is I'll love you as long as you love me. All right. And, it, and it's based on certain things. You do the right things for me. I'll do the right things for you. And we can love each other. If you're a Packers fan, I will love you. But if you support the Chicago Bears, it's going to be difficult for me to love you. Uh, so this is how we do this, all right? Now, uh, we, we don't like to say we do it, but it's, it's truthful, isn't it? That, that we often base our love conditionally on what someone else does. Conditional love. The second thing about the way our world loves, firstly, it's conditional. Secondly, uh, it is value-based. What do I mean by that? Well, uh, we love certain things based on if they're valuable enough to be loved. So uh, if something's of a high enough value, we'll love it. But if it's not really that valuable and it doesn't really you know, impact on my world, then I probably don't really love it very much. And so we value things. Maybe we like to say we don't. We love everything and love everyone the same. But really, the truth is in our world, we value things and we love according to what we value. Uh, to illustrate this, um, we have a Hillsong Conference every year, and our Hillsong Conference is in, it was in Sydney earlier this year, and uh, Justin Bieber decided to come to conference. Now, I'm not sure if, uh, Troy, you're aware of who Justin Bieber is, um, but uh, the Biebs decided to come to Hillsong Conference. Before you judge anything about this, I mean, let's be honest, he's on a journey like all of us, and it was just cool that he would want to come along uh, and experience the conference and, you know, grow in his own journey as he is on. So here's the thing. He was staying at the same hotel that we were staying at because it's near where the convention center is. He happened to be staying near there, and a whole lot of teenage girls found out because there is a thing called the Bieber Tracker. Now, I only know this because I have teenage girls. I don't know it. Just please don't judge me. I do not have the Bieber Tracker myself, but it will tell you where JB is at any time. 
And so hundreds of girls literally turned up outside the hotel we're staying at and formed like a gauntlet that you had to walk down to get in and out of the hotel the whole time we are there. When we first arrived, there's hundreds of girls, teenage girls lined up there on either side uh, of the hotel doors. I thought maybe they're there for me. But I was mistaken. They didn't seem to be that interested as I walked past. They were waiting for the one and only, the Biebs. Now, I don't know what they were hoping was going to happen, but my wife is awesome. She's very pastoral. She's very caring. She starts talking to some of these girls. She's saying, you don't have to be here. You've got a good home to go to. And they are staying up all night. They are there. Some of them had flown across country, paid for airline tickets so that they could catch a glimpse of JB. Now, I'm wondering what was going to happen. Was it that as he would walk out of the hotel, he would catch their eye? They would catch his. He would think, baby, baby, baby. And that would be the moment, and they would kind of be together forever. You know, that was the dream. It didn't happen. But it reminded me that some people, because of what they value, will do all kinds of crazy things because they believe that it's love. And maybe you and I aren't going to do that, but there are other things that we do based on what we value that show what we love. That's the way our world works. And the the third thing about our world's love is that it's feelings-oriented, which means if, if I have the feeling, then it must be love. How many know that sometimes our feelings can lead us astray? Feelings don't always get it right, but that's the way it is. The sad reality is, is that some people will say, well, I don't have the feelings anymore. Therefore, they will leave whatever relationship or person they are with to go and find someone that gives them the feelings again to experience what they see or deem to be love. But our feelings can lie. Our, our emotions don't always tell us the truth when it comes to what real love is. Uh, but our feelings and our emotions are so part of how our world sees love. I mean, love songs. I mean, they're everywhere. When, when I, uh, in Australia, when I was growing up, we, 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 well, yeah, uh, when I would come home from work, we would listen to this radio program. It was awesome. I don't know if you have one like this in Green Bay, but it was love song dedications. So cool. People would ring in with their love song dedication. And there was a guy there uh, who was the DJ, and he had this really deep voice. It's Richard Mercer. Hi, everybody. Richard Mercer here. Just bear with me. Um, Love song dedications. Do we have someone on the line? And someone would ring in. Oh, yeah. Hi, Richard. This is Sharon. Uh, My friends call me Shazza. Hi, Shazza. And uh, you have a special song for that special someone on Love Song Dedications. Ah, uh, yes, Richard. Uh, it's for Darren, but I call him Dazza. He calls me Shazza. <laughs> that's, that's, that's beautiful, Shazza. And what would be that special song for Dazza? Well, Richard, if you could play Celine Dion, my heart will go on. Because Dazza, I love you. This is for you. 
Well, Dazer, if you're listening, this is a special song from Shazza for you. Ah. Don't you feel the emotion? I mean, I would be driving home. I would have tears. I'd be thinking of Shazza and Dazza together forever. I mean, it's beautiful. Let's cut that. That was straight. <laughs> straight from Bobby's playlist, actually. So. <laughs> and then at the end of the song, you'd hear, well, uh, I think we have someone on the line. Yeah, mate, it's Dazza here. I love you, Shazza. I mean, it was an emotional roller coaster. Sometimes because of the way our world is, that is how we see love. But the truth is that that love is faulty. It, it doesn't, it's not a true reflection of what real love always is. And the sad reality is, if we, is that if we live our lives based on the world's explanation or definition of love, we can never really love the way God loves us. If our love is conditional, if our love is value-based, and if our love is just based on the emotions that we feel. See, Jesus, giving this one commandment, challenged us to love as He loved us. Here's a statement. I want to put this uh, up on the screen because I believe it's so powerful. Jesus said, love as I've loved you. If you don't know how to be loved, then you won't be able to give love. If you don't know how to be loved properly, you won't know how to give love effectively. And this is something that I think we all are, are challenged by and grapple with in the world that we live in. Because we want to be loved. There's something inside of our hearts that longs to be loved. There's something inside of every one of us that wants to be accepted for who we are valued because we are worthwhile. But the issue is, is that often because of our world's view of love, we wonder if anyone would really love us if they saw the real us. If they saw the real me, would anyone accept me? Would anyone love me? Would I be valuable? Am I valuable enough for someone to really love me properly? And we see this right back in God's story at Genesis. We see this, this breakdown in relationship and this challenge to what love is all about where Adam and Eve first make a big mistake. Many of us here know the story of Adam and Eve who had relationship with God and it was perfect and it was beautiful. But because they sinned, because they disobeyed God, because they, they failed... Adam and Eve broke this relationship and suddenly everything changed. And I want you to look at what happens here because I think it helps us to understand a little bit of how sometimes we feel towards God and a little bit of maybe the depth of God's feeling towards us with regard to the way He still loves us even in our broken state and our mistakes. Genesis 3, verse 8. It's going to come up on the screen. 
It says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. I want to put to you that this was not the first time that God had walked in the cool of the evening looking for Adam and Eve. I think pretty much every other time they had walked together and there'd been no issue. But suddenly, because of the disobedience, because of the failure, because of their mistake, because of their sin, if you want to call that for what it is, suddenly they feel different. Man, it says, it says of man, was created in the image of God. And yet here that image has been tarnished because of failure. And what happens is rather than go to God, their first response is to hide away. And I think that's what happens to us is that we wonder if God saw the real me as I really am, would He still love me? Would he, would he be ashamed of who I am and of what I've done? If anyone saw the real me, would they love me? And so what happens, rather than being who we really are and expressing maybe our vulnerability and our, our, our pain and some of the challenges that we're going through, we want to put on our very best. We want to display the best of who we are because if we show the best of who we are, then hopefully people will love us. Because again, the way of love in our world is it's conditional. It's value-based and it's all about my emotions. And we think God's like that. And we wonder if He saw the real us, if He would really love us. And that's the challenge today is that the love that Jesus gave was a different kind of love than the love that this world offers. You see, I love how God responds to Adam and Eve when they hide because they seem naked and vulnerable and ashamed. They hide away. Look what God does. God responds by asking the question, where are you? You see, God is not afraid or ashamed of our brokenness or our failures. I want you to hear that today. Because if for us it's just a kind of a religious, traditional thing that we do, then we're not allowing the, depths of, the depth of God's love to touch our hearts. See, God's not ashamed of any brokenness or failure that you may have had. God is not offended by the real you, the naked truth of who you are. In fact, as I read about Jesus in the Gospels, He always showed love to those that seem unloved or broken, or confused about love. Jesus always showed love unconditionally, not value-based, and not based on His emotions, to everyone He came in contact with. In fact, here's a statement. You can put this second one up on the screen today. Fear causes us to hide from God. Love causes God to look for us. So I want to encourage you today that there may be times when you think, I have messed up so bad, or I've made some big mistakes, or I don't know if God could really love me. The truth is, our fear causes us to hide from God, but His love 
causes him to go looking for us. His love compels him to look for you and to look for me. And maybe today you're in this place and he wants you to be a recipient of his love in the most beautiful and powerful way if you would just open your heart to him. He comes looking for us. See, our love is a flawed love because of the world we live in. And this is why John, I think, was perplexed by this statement that Jesus made, love one another as I've loved you. Because I think that John not only looked at himself and his failings, but also looked at the fact that he found some people difficult to love. I know you guys have got a new roundabout, which is making other drivers easier to love. It's amazing, isn't it, the things that challenge our ability to love someone. And I'm just talking fun about when we drive, but there are times, and I'm pretty sure John was at this point where he's going, there are some people I find really hard to love, but Jesus, he loved everybody. I mean, he challenged in the right way, but he did it out of love. How do I do this? I don't seem to be able to do it. And I think that's why some of us feel this struggle when it comes to our Christian faith because we don't think we live up to the expectation and we think I'm not good enough and I can't do this and I'm not as spiritual as Pastor Troy because he's like super spiritual guy. No one's agreeing. I know they just all went really quiet when I said that. But, but I'm, I've got these, these things I don't get right. And I think John grappling with this is why he wrote what he did in 1 John 4, 7, as we read. Let's have a look at what he says in 1 John 4, 8. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. God doesn't just give love. He is love. If you understand that, if you can begin to catch that, it changes everything because you start to realize... I can't give this love myself, but if God gives it to me, God is love. If I allow Him into my heart, then everything flows out of that. Every relationship changes from that point. Every connection, communication I have changes when I allow Him in to be the one who I allow to love me so that I can love others he is love. This truly changes the game. Uh, I, I want to illustrate this. Troy, could you just come up here uh, for a moment? Uh, Pastor Troy or Reverend Bishop, Dr. Bishop. 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 The Bishop of Green Bay. <laughs> um, do you have your phone on you? Uh, I, do. We, I do. I just need to illustrate something here. Actually, uh, Trish, uh, could you come up here a as well? I know you really want to. I know you love the, the platform and the limelight. Uh, can we give Trish, uh, Troy's wife, a big welcome? Um, just going to have a little, uh, you know, one-on-one uh, -on -one marriage counseling uh, session here. It's a safe place, guys, uh, isn't it? Isn't it, people? You know, just... <laughs> Just speak from the heart. Okay. Speak. So uh, this is your I'd like phone. to dedicate a song to my wife. <laughs> yes. 
Love song dedication. A Justin Just, Bieber song. A Biebs. A Biebs song. There you song. go. All right. So, so uh, this is your this is your phone, yes, Troy, sir. and yes. you. Uh, it's iPhone six. It's a pretty cool looking phone. Uh, and uh, someone sent you a message. Very spiritual. Yeah. And deep. Danny. Danny. Yeah. Is, he knew this was going to happen. Yeah. That's why he's put uh, em emojis that uh, I won't share with everybody else. Um, thank you, Danny. Uh, you've got a very spiritual team, Troy. Yeah, he's on our staff, too. <laughs> he's on staff. Can we stop and pray for him? He, he was on staff. He was, yeah. <laughs> so this, this, your phone here, it has, uh, it has Trisha's number uh, in it. Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, you would send uh, messages of love. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you would respond to those messages of love? Oh, yes. And so who, who would send the most kind of just messages of love, support, encouragement? Trisha wins. She, she, Trisha? She's the best. I think I do. <laughs> yeah. No argument. Does Troy respond to those? With very short answers. Like, I love you. Or... Right, yeah, yeah. Or emojis like Danny. No. No, <laughs> no never those. No emojis. <laughs> He's not an emoji man? No, no, not at all. <laughs> Are you an emoji person? Sometimes. Okay, yeah. I think you need to bust out, Troy. I think, it, <laughs> I think we need to see a, more, a few more emojis. So, um... All right, now, now, so you can communicate with your wife because you have this iPhone, and you can send her messages, she, she can send messages to you. But here's the thing, there's a reason why Troy can do that with this phone. I want you to catch uh, where we're going uh, with this, because there's something actually inside this phone that actually makes all the difference. You can't see it, uh, but it makes all the difference, Troy's ability to connect and communicate with Trisha and others. Um, Troy, do you want to get that out? It's... The SIM card. Let's see if we can do this. Ah, <laughs> oh, there we go. All right. Let me just give you that back. This little guy here, this is the SIM card. Without the SIM card, it still looks the same, doesn't it? I mean, it's still an iPhone 6. But sadly, no longer can Troy send a message of love to Trish. And no longer can she respond to him. Nothing to do with what's outward about the phone, but it's about what's on the inside of it. Do you catch where I'm going here? You see, God's love is like that. If we just go through a religious experience where outwardly, outwardly we look the part, We'll never catch it. But if we want to love like Jesus loved us, then what we have to do is in our vulnerability, open ourselves to Him, open our hearts to Him, and allow Him to be the source of love inside our hearts, which then enables us to love others the way we should love them. Do you catch this today? Can we give God just a round of applause? Just clap because He's awesome. The way he designed us to experience and to know that love. You guys can be seated and... Uh
I look forward to hearing about the stories of love that are sent to each other. I feel like I just helped the marriage get stronger. (laughs) But you catch where we're going here. Guys, we've got to, and it sounds so simple that sometimes we miss it. But if I can just open my heart, and that's why we gather, and that's why God's Word is is true and powerful to us, and that's why we sing and we worship, and that's why right now we're about to receive communion, because it all gives us opportunities to stop in the middle of a world that views love a certain way and say, hey God, I don't want to just live like everybody else. I want to know your love. I want to experience that in my heart heart because when that happens it changes every connection every relationship every communication that I have with everybody else imagine if at Green Bay Community Church we all decided that we would love like this and we all allow God into a fresh way into our hearts to love us Maybe in a way we've never been loved, but we opened our hearts to Him and He poured His love into us in such a way that it enabled us to love this community in a way they had never been loved. I guarantee this place would be full time and time again with people who were drawn because of the love that they experienced, which was not of this world. You see, Jesus sets it out so clearly in John 3.16. I love this verse. I think we all know it. But the love that God has for us is a love that's so different. Can we put that up on the screen there? Because it's a love that's based on sacrifice. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. We had a picture of my son up there who I love with all my heart. I can't imagine what it would mean to give him up. But God gave up what was most precious and valuable to him in order to show the depth of His love for us. It was not based on how He felt. It was based on what He saw in you, in a future relationship for all of us. For God so loved that He gave. We're going to receive communion in a moment, but here's my final thought. C.S. Lewis made this statement, I think, to be so true. When it comes to this world that we live in, If we begin to realize the love God has for us is from another world, then it changes everything. C.S. Lewis said this, If I find in myself desires which nothing in this world can satisfy, the only logical explanation is that I was made for another world. You were, and that is to know the love of God. It's another worldly kind of love. But when you experience it through Jesus, it changes everything. And it causes you to be someone who can pour that love into, into the world that has called us to reach. Can we pray? Father God, we just thank you for the, the awesome display of your love through your son, Jesus. And today, I pray that we would be people who would be maybe more vulnerable than we ever have been today that we would be more open with you than we have been, that we would be real. And even in our vulnerability and even in our mistakes and even in our failings, you would remind us that you love us. You'd pour your love into our hearts. And Lord, it would change us. 
And as we have experienced that love, that we would show that love to each other and show that love to this world. As we receive communion together, let us be reminded of that and let the depth of your love pour into our hearts today. Amen.